Hey everybody, welcome back to 9-4 Radio. I'm Sarah, I'm your host, and I'm the founder of 9-4 Coaching. I help committed people who are tired of feeling broken or volatile build and rebuild emotional and physical durability using movement practice, breath work, and getting outside. This episode is a part of our Service to Civilian series. It takes months to turn a civilian into a soldier, airman, sailor, or marine, and it takes one piece of paper to turn that service member back into a civilian. Regardless of how ready we are to leave the military, there's nothing to prepare us for the hollow feeling in our stomachs the day that we don't have a first formation to report to. Even under the most ideal circumstances, it's common for us to feel isolated and alone. You're not alone. These conversations are here to be a part of, to hear our stories, and to know that you're not alone. We will talk about habits, programs, and strategies we found useful in our transition to give you a place to start if you're looking. Without further ado, please enjoy our conversation. Hey everybody, Uh, this first conversation, uh, Service to Civilian, is going to be an interview with myself. And I promise I have more people lined up uh, and this will be probably the only time that I talk to myself um, in this series. And I I wanted to do that for a couple reasons. Um, One, uh, I didn't have any time to line anybody else up to interview me. Uh, Two, um, I, I wanted to also take time to really unpack like what this series is about and why this episode and future episodes may be valuable for you to listen to or to send somebody that, uh, that you know is transitioning out of military service back into civilian life. Um, so I'll start with why it's important. Um, like I said in the, in the intro, uh, it takes months to take a civilian and, and turn us into service members and we get a DD-214 and, and we're done. And, um, that's a very abrupt transition and there aren't enough conversations that talk about it. Um, there aren't enough resources. Uh, there aren't enough meaningful resources. There are a ton of, um, there are a ton of, of people that want to help. There are a ton of different foundations. There are a ton of different resources. There's like uh, a lot of fellowship programs. Like there are, it's almost like uh, there are a number of resources. There are very few meaningful resources. And what I mean by that is resources that don't try to provide solutions. Try to provide, but instead try to provide tools to allow the service member or like the transitioning service member, the newly minted civilian um, tools so that they can find their own solutions Uh, and not even like solutions, but their own way. Um, There's a lot of, 
in the military in general, right? It, it's a huge complex, right? Like it's a huge industry. It's a huge, um, like it, it's just, it's a big machine. And we want, like, we want to help as many people as we can. And by trying to help as many people as we can, the individual really gets overlooked. And so there are a ton of free programs. There's a ton of compensation programs. There's a ton of, um, there's a ton of new boxes for newly minted civilians, uh, coming out of military service to, to fit themselves into. And these conversations are to highlight, um, the need and what's worked for us, uh, when you want to break out of those new boxes that, that people find themselves fitting, fitting back into, um, it's not a bad thing. No one's doing this out of malice. Nobody is doing this. Um, everyone has the best case scenario in mind and what we forget about because there's just so many of us. I mean, there's 200,000 service members transitioning, uh, from military service to civilian um, to a civilian status every year, you like it, you got to paint with big brush or big broad brush strokes to help as many as we can. And, and not, to not to include all the individual mental health considerations and different experiences and different stories that, you know, stem from from the service and then from prior, you know, from life prior to service. Um, there, there are a lot of programs that try to help. There are very few programs or, that truly exist to solely provide tools and guidance so that the individuals can heal themselves, find their own path, solve their own problems. Um, and that's, those are the kinds of, of, uh, people and, um, and veterans and, uh, newly minted civilians, um, that like, those are the conversations we're going to have. Um, and like I said, we, we don't have enough. We, we, we don't have enough, um, people talking about it. And what that does is it makes us feel alone. It, it like I said, there's 200,000 of us that, that go through this process every year. And it's, it's lonely. It is a lonely feeling. And I want to at least be a voice out there highlighting that we're not alone. You're not alone. I wasn't alone. I found like I found people and I am I'm continuing to find my people. And I am people for for someone out there, someone that that's hearing the sound of my voice right now. I'm your people. And there's a lot of us. And you're our people too. So, that's the most important 
thing that that this series and this episode uh, kicking off this series can can highlight is you need to like you're not alone you're an individual it's okay to be an individual you don't need someone to solve your problems you potentially may just need some tools and some resources and some guidance and some space to do the work. So with that all being said, um, let's get into just my transitions. And I say transitions because I actually have two. And I'm going to try to keep it as clear as possible. Um, basically, I spent 15 and a half years working full-time as a full-time soldier with the North Dakota Army National Guard. And I resigned uh, with 15 and a half years of service. And I retired from the North Dakota Army National Guard as a part-time soldier with 20 years of experience, or 20 years of service. So, um... What that means is that I had transitioned um, the end of December 2017 and then uh, the end of January 2019 is when I was out, out. So I transitioned from Monday through Friday plus weekends plus ho- like plus nights and weekends and holidays um, as a full-time soldier um, to one weekend a month, two weeks a year. All that good stuff. Uh, and then I transitioned from one week in a month, two weeks a year, to done. Dunzo, Dunskis. Uh, re- uh, getting promoted to retiree. Or, um, I, think that's, I think that's how it goes. But, so I want to talk about both of them. And what that looked like. Because I, in some ways I have a... a I know what it's like to, for the army or like for your service, to be your only source of social, um, social socialization. So like friends, the things that you do, hobbies. Um, everybody that I knew that I like was in my circle and I surrounded myself with. Um, when I was when when I was a um, an active guard reserve an AGR. Uh, a full-time soldier, they were all guard members. Um, and that was most of, like, that was from when I was 22 all the way until I was 36. And so that's a big chunk of my adult life. Um, prior to becoming a full-time soldier, I was a college student, and I was a, what's called a guard bum. So I was a college student, and then when I had, like, summers, um, I would be on orders somewhere, doing something for the North Dakota Guard. So the guard was, was literally like my entire existence, um, for all of my adult life. And when I resigned, um, it was unheard of. Not only like the AGR program, you talk to any, uh, you talk to any like active duty member, like that is the, that's the cat's pajamas. 
you get on AGR, you're set. That is a, it's a gravy train. It's, it's like, it's, it's the dream. I was living the dream. Um, I, I, and that's why it was, uh, that's why it was such a big deal when I resigned. Um, and I say big deal, like it, it, it wasn't like this huge stir, but it, like the people that got it, like got it, un like understood this was a big deal. For some, it was like, there's nothing, like there's nothing you can do. I, I'm, I had a number of people try to talk to me and I, I am generally of the mindset that when I, I'm a slow burn, but when I make the decision, the decision's final. Um, and like I said, all of my, like all my friends were in the guard. And when I resigned, I had gotten to a point where I felt alone. Like, not, not disappointed, but like, Um, I felt like I should have had more impact, like more positive influence than I did. And I, I was like beating my head against the wall in the organization. Um, I was really trying to make, I was really trying to help and it really just didn't matter. Um, and I, all the, like all the people that I grew up with in the guard, like we were at that stage where when we were younger and we're like, yeah, when I get to be, when I, you know, when I grow up, if I, you know, if I had any kind of influence, this is what I would do. And I just found that completely falling apart and getting like the team that I had expected to be a, a part of was just not there. Um, And I, and I did, I felt like, I guess I did feel really disappointed. And alone with people, like I had a good team, but like, I didn't, looking back on it, I didn't, I didn't trust the people that I worked with and not from like a moral standpoint, like no one ever this wasn't like an illegal, immoral, or unethical um, deal. Th this was me and my story uh, and the way that I felt and how that affected the decisions that I made. So by the time that I had resigned, I was only in that position for about a year. And I was away from home. And before that, I had come off a deployment. So I was home for... Home, if you can call it, like, I don't know. Home for 
a year. Um, and before that, I was in full deployment mode. So from August of 2013 through September of 2015, um, I was either preparing for on deployment or trying to reintegrate. And it was a really small group, and we were um, supporting a very specialized, highly trained um, task force. And I've never been more disappointed and uh, felt hung out to dry from an organization that I like, that felt like home, than, than when we left. I was... like shocked and disappointed all at the same time. And we were completely welcomed into our forward unit and given a lot of responsibility and we worked our asses off and uh and we were rewarded for it. Like we were super like we were rewarded for our hard work and we were given a lot of trust and we did a lot of really hard things and it was awesome. And coming home, if it, uh, the way that I, I talked about it is when, when I was overseas, like it felt like I saw color, like people putting their egos aside, really like really high level people putting their egos completely aside in order to complete a mission, complete a lot of missions all the time. Like that was just the norm. And when I came home, I was trying to like implement things that I saw and learned and did. And, uh, it was like, I came home and, to black and white and no one ever, no one believed that color existed. And I I couldn't figure out how to change that. And so I just like kind of did the best I knew how to do. Um when I got home, we didn't have a lot of time to like reintegrate cuz we were a small group and it like my full-time job was with the guard, so I didn't uh I took a few weeks off. And was, like, right back into the mix. And just, like, sitting with that resentment and that frustration and disappointment, like, and not processing through it and, like, not feeling my feelings, um, 100% led to my resignation two years later. Um, and when I talk about, like, I didn't trust my leadership, that's exactly where it's stemming from. No one ever, like, I was never put in, like, a weird position. It was, like, my disappointment and frustration led, directly led to my resignation. And it was because I didn't, like, the story I told myself is, like, I can't have these conversations. If I unpack this box, there's a thousand more boxes behind it, and, like, I can't. So, um, 
I got to a, like the catalyst for my resignation was actually uh, failing a, a maintenance evaluation. And I knew we weren't get like, it was one of those things that, um, I knew we weren't good. I didn't have the tools to make it better. And I didn't have the tools to like ask for help. Like I, I was in a position where it was my responsibility to create like, create cooperation, like create that, that sense of urgency, create systems to like fix things. And I didn't have it. Uh, Some of that was, I was new to the command. Some of that was um, just me. Like I never had to develop those collaborative skills because I was like, I was always just really good at my job. Um, I was always like, technically solid and I it was to my detriment that I I didn't like I didn't ever have to learn those skills um and so when when we did when we failed that that evaluation like I didn't it felt like the world uh was like raining down and there was like a lot of other ankle biter stuff coming in. Um, but that like, that was 100% the catalyst. I didn't trust my leadership and I didn't respect the team that ultimately, um, gave, you know, gave my team, like gave the, obviously gave the, the unit that I was a part of, but like me as the senior logistician, like, Gave me an unsatisfactory um, result. I I didn't I didn't trust my leadership and I didn't respect uh, that entire team and I didn't know what to do with that. That was like the one thing. That was the one more thing. So when I resigned, I, I wasn't resigning from uh, the RTI. I wasn't resigning from the the training institute where I was where I was uh, assigned. I was resigning from the North Dakota guard in general. And it was because I didn't have the tools to have like, let the, like I didn't have pressure relief valves throughout my, um, throughout my career. I just, I never, I never, I just, I never developed those. I know. I guess I never had to. Um, And so that started a, like, that was, like, the main, like, the, whatever, the the pressure cooker, like, the lid just, like, exploded. And that was my resignation. And I I am, to this day, it's the best thing that that I could have done. I can't imagine my life, had I not done that, um... For a number of reasons, which we'll talk about later in this episode, I'm sure. Um, but a big part of 
that resignation was really uh, highlighting to to like friends of mine that I didn't I didn't trust them either. I didn't talk to them. Not that I didn't trust them, but like same thing. I I just felt alone. And a lot of it was like the stories I told myself. Like I need to outwork this problem. I just I need to I can't spend time talking about it cuz talking's not going to do anything. I just I need to outwork this. I need to outwork it once I get on the other side of this evaluation. We'll figure it out. I just, I need to pass this thing, get on the other side of it, and then whatever. And and then what, like, I didn't even have a plan after that. I'm like, I just need to work, I need to outwork this problem right now. And when I, when I gave it my absolute best and that was not good enough, I had not, like, I didn't have anything in reserve. And then that was like the, that along with finding CrossFit and like, hat like, having, a, um, having a new home like having novelty having something having something new, having a new new pursuit. That's what. Like that was that was the result. So, um, so that transition out of being a, a full time soldier into um, into a, like a part time soldier was not what I expected. I, I guess I didn't know what I expected because I was just so like I was just tired. And I, I didn't like, I went right into being, um, pursuing a a CrossFit coaching career, um, interning and like getting into CrossFit. And so I was in that honeymoon phase of CrossFit as I was transitioning out of the guard. And for, in a lot of ways, like that was the healthiest coping mechanism I had. Um, I wasn't, I was like determined to not, to not like have an unhealthy coping strategy. That was one of the things too. Like I, like I am obviously resigning from, uh, for all, like all external, uh, accounts, an incredibly successful career. I was not going to be like, I was determined to like that. A that was already like something's going on. Like that's a red flag. And I, in some ways I think I knew that. And that's why I was like determined to have a healthy, as healthy coping strategy as possible when I, when I did transition out and working out and getting really fit. I mean, there are definitely worse ways of, uh, of coping with, uh, with that big transition. So that's what I did. I, I, 
didn't know that I, I knew I wanted to be a coach. Um, I had my personal training certification already. Um, I'd already had my CrossFit level one. I didn't do CrossFit. I just had all these certificates and we could talk about like, that's a long rabbit hole we can talk about too. But like I had already done the work academically. I just didn't have any practical experience. And so I was still like that entire, um, from the time that I resigned, told my boss that I was resigning in G- in July until um, my last day in the office in November, um, I kept myself, like, we were already busy and had to, still had to pass our reevaluation, which we did, um, for that maintenance evaluation, that catalyst for, for all the things. Um, but then we, like, I also was, like, getting into... CrossFit and figuring out how out of shape I was and getting in really incredible shape. And it it gave me structure and it gave me a place to go. And it gave me a group of people who had by and large healthy lifestyles. And I, and I was not good at it. I was not good at all at coaching anybody to do anything. And I worked my ass off to get better. Um, And a lot of that was giving myself some space to, like, figure my own shit out. So I I think all told, like, I would go to the gym for two hours a day. And I would do some studying. And, like, that's two hours a day. What am I going to do with the rest of my time? Uh, I went on a lot of walks. I listened to a lot of books. um, And I... I started to, like, pursue what I was interested in. And that was, like, that was my strategy. That's what I did. And I was really fortunate to, like, have a transition where um, the, the gym owners at the time had both left relatively successful careers in like corporate America um, in their 30s. So they got it. Um, And I was just surrounded by like a really welcoming uh, group of people. And I don't think I could have asked for a better place to transition for what I like. That was perfect for what I needed at the time. So, um, I also got to kind of have like a, a Kobe Bryant farewell tour, which, uh, when I was like my last year as a part-time soldier, uh, I had like, I transitioned out of my, my day to day. Um, and I, I became like a one week and a month, two weeks a year, uh, soldier. And I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. Like I just, I didn't, I was part, like I was part of a crew that like, um, um, worked on domestic operations. So working for the, um, like doing logistics planning and, uh, doing exercises, like, okay, if a snowstorm happens, who do we call? And like proving 
emergency plans and doing research on different like different equipment and I was on a team I wasn't I wasn't in charge of anybody and I had the time and flexibility to like go reconnect to a certain extent with the with friends of mine who I hadn't felt connected enough to talk to before I resigned um and it was really if I had a, if like I could wave a magic wand and um, recommend a, like a transition from AGR to, uh, to civilian, it would be that. Um, I still had commu- like one week in a month, two weeks a year. I had community, and I had like that check in with, um, like with that part of me, with that part of like who I was, um, but it also allowed for every other day of the month to build, um, I don't know, like figure out the path that I was going to be on outside of the, like outside of the uniform. Um, so in January I, I retired, retired. I was done. I had, I think 20 years and three weeks of, of credible service. And, uh, and that was that was good too. Um, it was it was exactly what I wanted it to be. I had my like I could have done nothing. It could have been a ten minute formation in Bismarck uh, with people I didn't know, and uh, you know a, a grocery store cake and and. Really, that's had had I wanted that, that's all it would have been. Um, fortunately, I was able to have people that I really appreciated and respected preside over the ceremony um, and made it meaningful. I didn't expect a lot of uh, for being a senior logistician and for being uh, in a position where, um, I had spent 15 years as a full-time member. I, I'm, I didn't have the, uh, it wasn't attended as, as I had expected. Uh, I'm happy about that, but I'm also like kind of, you can obviously hear, like I'm not stoked on, like it was very telling. And I think it was easy for me to be bitter about it at the time. Um, but it was also like, well, I didn't want those guys to be there anyway. You know, whatever. It was It was like a sour grapes deal. Um, the truth of the matter is nobody knew how to talk to me at all. And I didn't make it easy at all. I did that. I created that environment. Like that was the, that was the environment that I had created. Because uh, we already talked about, like I didn't, I was in like a really weird headspace and I didn't, I, not only did I not talk to anybody, but I like, like I said, I didn't make it easy. Um, so that was absolutely of my own doing. I, I had a pretty significant, like cry for help, but I also like dismissed it. 
So I was doing it. And then I, I was like, I created this dumpster fire. And I was also like, but I'm fine. And ultimately, like, I am. But like, looking back on it, it's like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. I have so many more tools at my disposal. Um, I don't know what I was would have said to myself. Other than, like, I know there's more. And I'm going to sit here. Until we figure it out. And that's... That's the beauty of 9-4 coaching. That's why I built this thing. I'm so grateful to have had that experience because I know exactly what it feels like to I don't want to say like burn like burn everything down but like kind of self-destruct And, like, self-destruct in a way that, um, it's, like, it's the, uh, caterpillar butterfly. Like, I self-destructed my life as a soldier, and that allowed this coaching practice to evolve. And so... That was, uh... So, like, walking us up to January 2019, um, that was my reality. The... last three years, two years, um, of having 9-4 coaching, uh, has, like, brought me the rest of the way. So, um, so into, like, retirement, retirement, um, I found myself uh, so I was coaching at a, at a CrossFit gym here in town and uh, here in Fargo, and I found myself having the like I found myself running the same program, having the same patterns, feeling the same way, and I didn't have words for it when I resigned. I just I knew it was the right thing to do, and I found myself having like a lot of I to say that I I like landed my dream job working at that CrossFit gym would have been a gross understatement. Uh I sacrificed willingly everything I had to become a good coach. Like 
I, not even I, I. The tacticians. The the level of coaching that the gym provided was. Exceptional, to say the least. Um. I worked my ass off to like feel like I could belong in a in that in that place. And that's a whole like even that, like that's a whole story too. But like this like I worked my ass off to belong. Um and it took um It, it only took a couple months, uh, by then I'd been coaching there for a little over a year to find myself. Like I felt the same way I felt when I resigned from my full-time, uh, guard job in, in that dream job at that dream CrossFit gym, live li- literally living like a dream. And so I've realized very quickly that, okay, this is my, I, this is, I'm the common denominator here. Not what's wrong with me, but like, I'm the common denominator. If I'm doing something to cause this, I can do something to help it then. And so I'd been doing um, a lot of informal self-discoveries. Like, uh, I hate to call it self-help because it's got such a weird connotation, but like, I've been doing some like internal trying to figure out how like figure out how I work, how I tick. Um and I I finally got to a a place where I like couldn't do it on my own. So I had signed up for a uh 13-week program called Training Camp for the Soul and um you'll hear you'll hear that come up in future interviews. Um, but it is a third, it was a 13 week class that like made me feel my feelings. And they like the, the founder will tell you, she, she told me, uh, told all of us in our, in our program, the things you learn here, if you implement them, your relationships are going to change. You may quit your job. Your relationships might change. Um, we are going to, if you do the work and you go and like you go deep, you're going to find yourself. And that self, like that self you might find may not fit in the life that you built. So like that, it's kind of like a cautionary tale and kind of like a, okay, I feel like that's overselling it. Uh, she did not oversell it at all. Um, in that 13 weeks, um, it was very confronting. It, like, there wasn't room to not, like, we had to commit. Like, it's, it is not, it is not an inexpensive course. Um, it was very effective. I would have paid 10 times what I paid for it. Um. Get like if I knew the results up front, I would have paid ten times what I paid for it. Um 
I was at a point where, like, like I said, it was confronting uh, more than anything. And that confrontation, um, gave me the space to like find myself. And I like, I know it sounds weird. Confronting sounds like a lot of conflict, but it was, it was like, it was, it was that thing. That thing that I had said, I don't know, 10 minutes ago that like, had I known then what I know now, I would have just said, Hey, there's something going on and I'm going to sit here until you figure it out with you on your time. That's exactly what training camp was, but it was just very accelerated. Um, and it was, it was a lot of, it was very little information and a lot of reflection and a lot of like self assessment, self discovery, um, and, and a lot of like just effective techniques to get like, get to know how I like stuff that I learned when I was a kid and like how it's not helping me and how it, it had served a purpose and it no longer serves that purpose. Right. Like there, there was a time that like hierarchy and like looking for other people for a mission made sense, right? Like in the military, uh, I'm not that person anymore. I need to, I can't rely on other people to give me my definition of success. I got to figure that out for myself. In order to do that, I got to listen to my heart. And in order to do that, I got to find it first. And you do that with feeling. And I know I probably lost some listeners by saying that, but that like, that's it. Um, I got really good at compartmentalizing when I was in the military and that served a purpose. It absolutely served a purpose. Um, I needed to unpack those boxes though. If I wanted to live like the thing that made me resign from the guard from my full-time job, I couldn't articulate what it was. But it was like that midlife unraveling that Brene Brown talks about where the universe is like grabs you by the shoulders and pulls you in and tells you that like, look, I'm not fucking around anymore. You're you're halfway to dead. I did not give you all these gifts for you to like piss them away. Get your shit together and go live a big life with your heart and not under all this armor. And I know like that was a really bad translation of what she says, but like, that's it. I felt it before I had any words for it. And so when I went to training camp and I started like feeling all these feelings and like unpacking all of these boxes, I had somebody there to like, just, just be there. And that's so underrated. I didn't need anybody to like fix me. I just needed space and like someone who had like not even gone through like my unique experience, but like, Hey, life is devastating. Sometimes there's no way around it, but we can do hard things. And I'll sit here with you and get you what you need. No one did anything for me. That in those 13 weeks, 
like I uncovered a lot. I discovered a lot. I, uh, my, to say my entire life, my day-to-day life is different is a gross understatement. Uh, and that's, I guess, a story for another day. But for my transition, that, those are the things, um, that helped me. And, and honestly, that after training camp, so I have my, my practice is called nine, four coaching. And it's because on September 4th, 2019, I graduated from training camp. And that was the catalyst for everything that's happened in my life ever since. It's the catalyst for, you know, the relationship I'm in now, the business that I have now, the, the relationships, plural, like just not like in life, like friendships, um, like family, all of it. That's where it all stems from. Like that was the agent that accelerated that significant change. This all, like, everything would have happened, but, like, that was the catalyst to make it happen faster. So, I can imagine that uh, hearing this story of transition uh, from service to civilian probably scares the shit out of, like, a lot of people. And it does not paint, like, the most ideal picture and if you were to tell like if you were to tell me in 2017 like what I'd be doing right now five years later um I would have really wondered how like I you could have just been from another planet um Everything unfolds as it's supposed to unfold. All I knew to do is, like, take the next right step. Um, I don't work... So my, my soft spot to land after I, I quit my my full-time job, I'm not there anymore. Um, and I have a complicated relationship with all, like, with all of that. And at one time, that was, like, that was the safest place in the world for me. And it, like, in retrospect, like, it is, like, that was the perfect place for me to be at the time. And if you are to, like, if you were to tell me three years ago that that, that would be the case, then I, I, I guess I'd wonder how all that happened, too. But the... The thing, the the takeaway is to just take the next right step. And you're the only one that's going to know what that next right step is. And the only way you're going to know that you know is if you give yourself some space and time to get real quiet with yourself. Um, This will be a a theme, I imagine. Um, I did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of like creating. So I was always really good at consuming 
uh, books and podcasts and stuff like that. I started writing. And not like whatever stream of consciousness, whatever I thought of, um, business plans and ideas for um, like org charts for potential businesses and like it, it wasn't just like dear diary on all and like talking about all the stuff that I that I did that day it was like these are my goals when I'm 50 I'm like I gave up a, literally a million dollars to resign as an AGR between uh 19 years of retired pay and four and a half years of uh e8 pay it was a million dollars I'm 1,000% going to make all that money back. It's it's never about, like... I'm at a point now that, like, that was a consideration. It's like, I'm giving up a million dollars. And I'm at a point now where it's like, I'm going to make that back times 10. And I'm going to have this legacy with the North Dakota Guard... And I'm going to positively influence the North Dakota Guard. And the North Dakota Guard is going to be, like, it's going to, it's it's my home. And that relationship is going to be different, right? And I don't know how I'm going to get there, just like I didn't know how, like, these last five years are going to unfold. I'm just taking the next right step. Like, we're all in the woods, and none of us know the whole path. None of us. Look, none of us know the full path. You just need to take the next right step. And if you got to turn around, you can always turn around. So that is uh, the kickoff episode for the uh, Service to Civilian series. I'm beyond grateful to be able to provide, um, to like get veterans together, get service members together who have transitioned out of the military and have conversations that are like no bullshit. Like, look, this is a tough transition. This is... Probably one of the single toughest transitions that uh, that any of us are going to make as service members. And it's it's that transition back into being like a civilian. And, and living a really full life. Um, and that's, that's what I'm about. So, um... If, if I were su- to suggest anybody to get started, it, like... Get a notebook. Get any notebook. Get a pen. 15 minutes. Two weeks. 15 minutes a day for two weeks and see what happens. Um, just write stream of consciousness, plans, goals. Where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want to be in 50 years? What's your legacy? Um, just write that all down. What do you like? What do you like to do? What, uh, what 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 hobbies do you want to pursue? What do you want to learn? Just let yourself go wild and be free and 
and get to know yourself. If any anybody out there is uh like wants a little more like white glove white glove treatment, um please send me a DM at 94 coaching all spelled out on Instagram. Um send me an email 9.4.coaching all spelled out at gmail.com. Uh find me on the uh find me on the internet and I will do my absolute best to listen first and foremost um really get clear on on what you need and if I can't support you I will find the absolute best resource for you I promise that's a promise to everybody that I, everybody who is interested in 9-4 coaching, that is my promise. I will listen. I will help if I can. And if I'm not the best fit, I will find someone who is a better fit than me. So, that all being said, um, if this is super valuable to you, please share it. Uh, take, take my, uh, take my, uh, advice, get a notebook, start learning about yourself. Um, if you know somebody who's in, who's in a spot, uh, and might be, might be having a hard time, um, transitioning out of military service, please send them this podcast, uh, send them all the future service to civilian podcast episodes that are forthcoming. Uh, it's going to be intermittently, but it's going to be regular all at the same time. Um, and, uh, help each other out, help each other out there. We all need it. So, uh, I will catch you next time. Thanks. Oh, hey friends. Uh, before you leave, please, if you found this episode valuable, rate, review, subscribe on, uh, whatever platform that you're listening to 94 radio at. And uh, if you did find it super valuable, there's someone in your life that will benefit from it, please share this episode with them. Um, also, you can catch me at 94 Coaching, all spelled out, on Instagram. And if you want to connect, please shoot me a DM on Instagram and we will talk. Thanks.